Thank you for listening all the way to the end. And if you found value in what we shared, please leave us a review and a five-star rating. It helps me reach more people. And when I reach more people, more people can shift their perspectives and live better lives. That's what we want. And number two, if you haven't yet, grab the Trader Joe's grocery shopping list. I know it's basic, but basic things work. Grab it, print it, screenshot it, and take it with you when you go shopping to any store, really. But Trader Joe's, for sure, it's a must. It will also help you when you're ordering your groceries online. So you see everything at a glance and can just check things off. I appreciate you being here. Welcome, Bo. I'm so excited to have you. First of all, actually, you know that I forever remember the breakdown of your name? Your dad's name is Tony and your mom's name is Brittany, right? Is it's that right? My mom's, my mom's Tony and my dad's Brandon. No! You were very close. <laughs> you were very close. So it's, it's the BR for Brandon and the T-O-N-I for Tony. Oh, my gosh. I always That's got good. it. That's a good memory. That's I a good memory, though. I remember the story from 13 years ago, but not spot up. Okay, good. But you go by Bo, right? I do go by Bo, yep. Sometimes yeah. Brit, if it's in the work perspective, but gotcha. Bo is just the easy breezy. Gotcha, gotcha. It's, um, it's such, you have such a stage name, you know? Bo famous? Yeah, you can't beat that. Yeah, you cannot beat that. Like, seriously, it's like you should be on stages. But, well, let's go back to the beginning. So, 13 and a half years ago, boot camp, you're doing squats at HealthWorks with me. Every year I have this picture pop up on my timeline and I always think about like, wow, it feels like a million years ago. And I still am connected with so many of you. It's so crazy to think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think that was because I did start at HealthWorks. Um, I think I was living in, I think I was living in Brookline and that's why I picked that specific HealthWorks. And then I wanted to do something that was more one-on-one -on -one because I was never one of those people that could just walk into a gym and say like, this is my workout routine. I need, I need it. And still to this day, 13, 14, 15 years later, I need someone who's like, here's your program, go do it. And I'm like, you got it. I mean, it's easier that way. Of course, back, the, back in the day, I even had someone do that for me, even though I was a professional, but tell me what was your story of getting to Boston? Cause you were not originally from Boston. No, I'm originally from Philadelphia. I went to Smith College out in Western Massachusetts. And a lot of the graduates from that college matriculate down to either Greenwich or New York City um, or Boston, just because it's local. There's a lot of connections, et cetera, et cetera. So I graduated, went abroad for like eight months because I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I still lived in la la land of being in college. <laughs> and then where and did then you go to landed Boston? Uh, I lived, I went back to where I did my year abroad, which was in Spain. Uh, so I was in Spain getting my teaching English as a foreign language or the TEFL certification. Love it. I did that yeah. the opposite way in, in America. I had to take that yeah. in, in the United the States. ESL. Yep. Yeah. The, yep, yep. Yeah. The ESL. Um, so I was in uh, Spain and then it, I, that was from about June to September. And then September, I moved down to Argentina just to switch it up. And then um, my dad got sick. So I came back. He's completely fine other than still being an absolute drama queen. Um, <laughs> men getting sick is just, you know, the definition of man flu. Uh, but he's fine. And uh, so that's what got me back to Boston. Uh, and then I spent about seven years, eight years there before I came back down to Philly, which is where I'm originally from, suburb of Philadelphia. Gotcha. So we trained back then 
in 2010 or so, so many years mm-hmm. ago when I was first starting my career. And then you left to Philly. I was still in Boston for some time. And then I moved to Connecticut. And then we reconnected and started working together again online in 2017. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was 20. J- judging by all of the progress photos that I constantly look at, it was 2017. <laughs> Then it was like my beginnings of working online. I had just moved to Connecticut and I was starting, it was called Teen Train and it was videos online. I mean, it was so crazy. Were you a part of the times where we sent all the workouts through WhatsApp? Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I was way back and I was working with, so when I was in Philly and it's funny because every time I started working out again, it was because I went through a serious breakup and I had that mentality of like hot girl summer, revenge body. But hey, you know, whatever motivates you. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Okay. So tell tell me about it. Tell us about it. What was the, how, you know, all of this unfolded with all the breakups and the uh, workouts. It's, and- it's mm-hmm. buckle, buckle up, buttercup. It's Let's uh, a, lesbian, a lesbian drama for the ages. <laughs> Um, well, it, it, it's the last day of Pride Month, so let's celebrate. Yeah, well, you picked the perfect person. Yeah. So um, I moved back down to Philly because I was dating someone, um, what I deemed seriously. And then um, I moved, quit my job, left the house that I owned, moved in, uh, and we broke up six weeks later. So <gasps> it was, you know, when you're, you're that young, you think everything's going to be like, yeah. you know, but um, great lesson learned, but it, it ended up, you know, everything, I, I personally believe everything happens for a reason. So um, I moved out six weeks later and I had nobody. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know the city very well. I was from a suburb. I'd never actually lived in the city. So I, um, I moved uh, to Old City for those people who are familiar with Philadelphia. Um, and I started doing a workout uh personal trainer out there. It was really expensive. Um, it was really hard to just be focused. I, I don't know. I think I was just doing it for the wrong reasons and not particularly motivated. Um, and then I moved around a bunch. I got into a new relationship a couple years later. So 2015 to about 2017. And, um, I just decided, you know, from a mental health perspective and just having something to like fill my time really. Um, you know, my, my partner at the time was, working all the time as a, it was in residency. So I said, you know, it, it, I got to stop going out drinking with friends and just constantly like being out, spending money drinking. I need to do something health wise. I got um, mental health wise. I got diagnosed with some stuff that made a lot more sense to my life. So it was a really big catalyst, you know, getting a diagnosis, getting on the right medication, uh, cutting out drinking all the time. Um, and just really getting a grip on the, the the physical health as well. So, like I said, I do better with, um, you know, being given like a plan and being in that like an environment that was motivating. And I think that that was what I was missing when I was at the gym in Old City was it was one on one with a trainer. Yeah. I didn't have a group. I didn't have the accountability. I didn't have the friendship and being such a social person and being so motivated by other people and friendships mm. and, and things. It was, it was a blast to get into a program that was like that team training. But it was not when I introduced you to Taylor yet, right? That was 2017. It wasn't until like 2020 when, when Taylor and I have been friends since 2018. That's crazy. Actually. Yeah. Yes. Cause I met her back then. Yeah. I met her at the studio. Yep. 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 So that's, it's funny because you know, the, the community, um, 
thing for me was always huge because, you know, when we trained at HealthWorks, it was a group, bunch of women all together. Mm -hmm. And then when we spread all over the world and I moved to Connecticut and I continued working online with a bunch still, a um, bunch of people still, um, that community kind of like the, the, the core at its core thrived through all this time. And then in 2020, when everything shut down, it was almost like, we pulled back everyone else who was not around anymore and who was further away because they were like, wait, if we can do this online, let's all consolidate and go back to what we had like 10 years ago. Um, and therefore, you know, I think you came back, I think for the fourth time recently, right? It's like, this is crazy. Yeah, I, was I, third. Mm -hmm. I moved, I bought a house. And what made it a little bit more difficult for me personally, not the, the training or anything, when I was in my apartment building, mm. we had we had a gym. So my lazy, unmotivated self just had to walk my butt downstairs and go to the gym there. I had to walk by the gym every single time mm. that I left, I left or entered the building, which was, again, like this incredible motivator. So when I bought a house out in... Um, Still Philadelphia, but uh, a neighborhood that is not really particularly convenient to anything. Um, mm -hmm. Again, for those of you who know Philadelphia, yeah. it's Roxborough, Manningunk. I bought a house, and the house didn't have a gym. And then we bought the house in. We moved in December of 2020. Do the math. You know, that's smack dab in the middle of COVID. I don't have a gym in the house, so I kind of dropped off. And then that's when I got really unmotivated. Again. Yeah. So. You know, one yeah. thing I wanted to ask you about, because you said and you recognize it, and I think it's very common that we, you know, after a breakup, because uh, that's happened to me too, after a breakup, um, you know, let's train, let's, this is how I started competing in bodybuilding, actually. After breakup, I was like, all right, let's do something for myself, let's go all in here. And then, mm -hmm. you know, after my engagement ended, because I've also had my own adventures with relationships, same thing. All right, let's train. Let's do a figure competition. Um, so that's the motivation to begin. Do you have like a pattern or thing that happens on reoccurring basis where you quit or drop off or like stop for some time? And do you like what is it that's causing that for you? Um, so let's see. I would say... For me personally speaking, mm. it's it's the inconvenience. So once it gets to a point where it's like I have to put in more effort than I find that it's worth, that's when I tend to drop off. So I'll give an analogy um, that's just coming to my head with regards to I play soccer as well. Um, based on where I live and where the soccer program is, uh, at times with the worst highway in America, 76, um, if the game's at 7 p.m., you hit the traffic. Mm. So I'll sit, I'll sit in traffic for 25 minutes. Well, the games are only 50 minutes, five zero. So now <laughs> I have to sit in traffic yeah. up and back for the amount of the game. So for me, it's like, uh, is it worth it? Yeah. So with the gym, like one of the reasons why I fell off, like I said, with the inconvenience aspect was I had a gym downstairs in the building. So even during COVID from, you know, March until December, when I moved, I could just go downstairs. You know, mm. I, was in, I was in this little bubble of, you know, quarantine, et cetera. Whereas when I moved, it now became inconvenient because I had to go to a Planet Fitness, drive down there, deal with the masks, deal with, you know, and, and every home workout thing was sold out. So, again, it just became like, ugh, this is so inconvenient, which is, again, you know, first world problem, laziness, you know, no drive, whatever. But 
Um, I would say that the number one factor for me is that that level of convenience and having the online program and having weights and bands at home and being mm. able to do things that don't require massive pieces of thousands of dollars of equipment. Yeah. Made it, there's no excuse. I don't have an excuse. It's like they're sitting right there staring in the face, get your butt up and do it. For sure. You know, I'm asking not in terms of like, oh my gosh, let's just make fun or like bash the inconvenient you or like, you know, not inconvenient, yeah, no, but no, you know, the lazy you. But I feel like there is a power in recognizing these patterns because when you do, you then get to prepare yourself for the next move, you know, switching a job or a house or whatever else you're doing such that it's not repeating itself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I, I will live and die on this hill that if you want to do it, you will. If oh, you want to sure. make time for it, you will. And that's a, that's a motto that I have to keep in my own mind. It's like, uh, you throw Taylor under the bus here in a funny way. <laughs> that girl, that girl's got me waking up at 5am to do walks. Yeah. And it's amazing. And it's like, you know, I, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do it tomorrow. It's like, no, if you want to do it, do, you'll do it. Mm. And, and that's been something that, that we've started doing and she's way better at it than I. So, um, but yeah, if you, if you want to do it, you will. And I think for me, like going into transition, uh, back into the house that I own and, you know, I, I am lucky this time that I can mentally prepare. I got all my gym stuff. I'm setting up my number. I told a couple of friends, very close friends, the first thing I'm going to do is buy that foam matting for the basement and set up my gym. That's number one because it's been such a, um, a incremental part, in, integral part of my lifestyle now. And, and making sure that I have that convenience and set up and ready to go is like a number one priority for me. So it's exactly what you just said learning from those patterns and being able to, to mitigate the issues and, and things that might come up for excuses is, is number one for preparing for success. Totally ahead of time, you know, and so that's why it's never like a failure if you're willing to learn from it, because, you know, you'll make that mistake two or three times, but then you're like, all right, well, this is how I am. This is what I need for me personally. You know, I can't go to a gym. I recognize that I cannot go to a gym. I get so distracted with people, uh, with people doing things wrong. I with... was going to say, do you have to correct their form? In yeah. Your well, no, like, I what feel... are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I, w I tried last, you know, so I had, when I moved to Connecticut, I always trained off peak times because obviously I trained you guys at the gym and then during, you know, busy hours. So I always trained like after lunch or something when no one was at the gym and then when I was competing and, and, and so on. And then when I moved to Connecticut and I opened my studio, I obviously trained on my own at my space. And then 2020, I started training at home. And then last year I was like, you know what? I'm paying for a gym membership. Let me go there. And I started going also like off peak hours, maybe at 10 in the morning or two. And who's there? Older folks, older ladies, older men, they hire 20 year old trainers who have them do like ridiculous things. Those things that don't need to be done. Those things that oftentimes look stupid. And I'm sure they like make them feel kind of stupid. You know, like there's yeah. a 20 year old standing over you and you're doing hip thrusts and like the positioning, they're like, it's just almost like you've never been in the situation to realize how awkward this person is feeling to the trainer right. you know yep, yep, and yep, so yep. as a woman i've been there i've done it i had a male trainer at first telling me like do hip throws get ready for the weekend and i was like what and i remember saying you know at my first training i was like i'm not doing this exercise i would not do hip thrust because i was like no you're making fun of me this position is like just vulnerable and weird looking i don't want to do this and instead of you you know protecting me and making sure that i'm feeling comfortable you are putting me on a spot here and so me going to the gym last year 
I was getting distracted. I felt bad for the little old ladies doing like stupid things. And I, I just couldn't pay attention to me. And I never got a good workout because I either started chatting with them or I was just like, my blood was boiling. <laughs> I was seeing right. all of this. Yeah, and I was like, care. you know what? I, I was considering starting to work there and, and, and train to help them. And I was like, Monica, you do not need to do this. And so I quit because I was like, I can just the same way as I train you all. Um, you don't have to go to the gym. You can have dumbbells and do your lunges, your step-ups, your hip thrusts, your bands. For what we need, for longevity, for looks, and for feeling good, we don't need any fancy equipment. So yeah. that's that's huge. But we mentioned Taylor a couple of times. So um, I have this thing that a lot of times, you know, I know a ton of people because of the fact that I've worked with a ton of people over the last 15 plus years. And sometimes, oftentimes actually, I'll have this like weird connection in my brain of like, I need to connect these two people together. Like they will click. And with you and her, I was like, they're literally the same person. They just live different places. And this one's married to a man. And this one is married to a woman. I think you were already right. married. But I was like, they are legit the same person. They need to, they need to get friendly. And I've done it with few people. Sarah, who I connected with, Johanna, my friend who lives in Germany. That, that was years ago. And I'm since, recently I was like, do you still talk? And they're like, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I, was so like, oh, I had no idea. And both of them, you know, they're both in BBM as well. So would you mind sharing a little bit about that friendship? Taylor's podcast, I think it's 84 on She oh, Was yeah, Brilliant. She me a link. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so we have the same absolutely absurd sense of humor. Yes. And I think that that's kind of like when we were on the chat, um, me being a social person and motivated, I would add people on Facebook or add people on, you know, whatever the, the WhatsApp or, or cell phone or I don't know. So I added her and I don't, I honestly couldn't even tell you what made us like really start talking, but um, we just started cracking jokes <laughs> and, and, you know, like bitching about, God knows what. Like I always, every time we have to do curtsy lunges, I text and I'm like, I'm doing these fucking curtsy lunges. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. But you know, and 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 it's funny because it's not even like a competitive nature. I think that you know we we had a really serious conversation because uh, we're both sober and um, or not drinking. I should say whatever. Um, and we were talking about how when sometimes when you, you, you see yourself get successful or you see yourself doing really well, that it's very easy for other people to, um, instead of pumping you up and coming to your level, they like to knock you down. And, yeah, you know, we, we, we really, both of us have struggled with that with really long-term friends, mm. um, you know, whether it's from fear or jealousy or whatever, yeah. uh, instead of coming up to our level, they've just been trying to knock us down. And we were saying, we're really lucky to have each other that, you know, if she, you know, lifts, outlifts me as, you know, we, we joke that we, we do how many, how many hashtags, how many hashtags did you do for that weight? You know, like <laughs> instead of pounds, she's like, oh, I did 45 hashtags, whatever. Um, or when we send each other uh, progress photos, it's never like, oh, well, you're only doing that because you, it's, we just pump each other up. And I think yeah. that building a friendship on that mutual understanding that like, we want to be each other's like number one hype man whether it's relationships or life or sobriety or lifting, you know, I think that that's what one of our like core elements was from the beginning was there was no competition. Mm. There was a, it was just like hype, man, go get it. You got this. And it was, I was really lucky because 
I was close with her when she got pregnant with the twins mm. and they're turning three. So that's wild to me. Um, yeah. And, you know, even when we didn't really, we went through a short period where we weren't like talking too much just because I was out of the, you know, infants. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, that being able to go back to friendship of being like, it's not a, it's just like this, like constant feedback loop of, of pumping each other up and, each other on track and you know i think in being competitive sometimes you go too far you know you overshoot and it's like oh mm. stop beating yourself up over that because you got up at six instead of five or you didn't do that that one day you know it's not the end of the world and i think that we need that reassurance just as much as we need that motivation so i think For a lot sure. of our friendship is, is built on that and really really stupid stupid humor <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean it happens a lot i literally talked to another client yesterday about it when she was like wow all my buddies who are waking up at five in the morning to do walks with me all the people who were you know training and pumping each other life are dropping off and i said to her you know um, not everyone is going to stick with you on this journey long-term. You have to choose to just like let people go. Cause it's like with life, you know, some people like when you have friends in middle school, some people go to high school and some people go to trade school. Some people go right. to college and some people go elsewhere. And like, you know, there's, there will be people who will stay with you long-term, but you have to also pay attention to the friendships and how they evolve because some of them will, and some of them will not. And it's not wrong of you to leave someone behind and it's not wrong of them to not want to evolve. Right. But it's awesome right. when you find someone who is willing to go with you and not only push you, but push themselves and kind of like, it's like you're saying the friendly competition where they call you out on your nonsense, but also like with love and care. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, um, you know, one of the other things that's really wonderful about like that, that pumping me, like pumping you up and stuff is like on those walks you get, you know, we have to, sometimes we have really just stupid conversations. Sometimes it's really serious about, you know, uh, losing those types of friendships and like, you know, grieving. And it's like that, that being able to grieve together and have somebody who really, really understands what it's like to go through that. And I think like, you know, I, stopped drinking only two months ago. I say only, but it feels like a lifetime and mm. being able to have somebody and be like, well, did you ever have this happen? Did you ever, you know, experience this or what do you do in this situation or what's your response to that? Like, it gets me emotional to feel like you, you have somebody who gets it. Yeah, totally. Would you mind sharing a little bit more? Because Taylor stopped drinking in October for Sober October. Again, if you're interested in learning more. And it's funny because I feel like if someone was to listen to the podcast with her and yours, it just sounds like the same conversation with the same person. So <laughs> you, you got to go back to 84 and compare. Um, but so she shared a lot. And, and I love that episode because I'm sure that what I say is a tickle your pickle as in like it will tri it triggers people because it talks about she talks a lot about, you know, this stupid culture of mommy juice and drinking and like, oh, of course, you have kids. So you're going to drink because you can't stand them and all this kind of stuff. Unbelievable. For me, it's it, it's that if you live in a city, the access is unbelievable. You, you walk down the street, there's 10, 15 bars, restaurants, there's happy hours, there's you know, uh, the girls that do the like girls brunch, like, and again, I'm not knocking that, but when you're somebody who has an addictive personality, who thoroughly enjoys it, who doesn't really know uh, when to stop, you know, and this was something that Taylor and I were, were talking about that we, you know, we would be the ones that other people could have one, two, three, and we'd be six, seven deep and being able to hide it really well, which I know a lot of people probably resonate with, but yes, for me, it was, I would go to bars and 
you know, having five, six, seven, eight a night for, I think, 13 months in a row, I think was how long it was going on for where the longest days that I would have off was because I was sick. Like I was saying like one, two days, strep throat, whatever. So you get all this time back and then it's, you know, how do you activities without alcohol? Mm. And for me, what's worked has been substituting it. So some people use like seltzers, um, you know, non-alcoholic seltzers. Um, and then for me, like I really love non-alcoholic beers it's been a really fun experience, like trying all these different ones out, figuring out what ones like taste the same or are really comparable um, or other ones that taste like absolute crap. <laughs> um, so I could give you a full breakdown of my favorites from top to bottom. Um, and then in a strange twist of events, I started making cocktails for people, which is really funny because people are like, that's alcoholic. But for me, the alcohol content it was the act of the socializing the going to the bars the being around people the tailgating the girls brunches the happy hours etc so being able to still participate in those events in a way that wasn't absolutely detrimental to me was right. a huge huge piece of the puzzle and you know it's hard because i'm and it's not that i'm getting judgy but you start to see the habits in other people Mm -hmm. where yeah. you know i i was at a party over the weekend and you know i'm there for five six hours and you have friends that are drinking for five six hours and i'm rocking my heineken zeros and you know you start to see the drama creep up you start to see the like the self bashing oh i need to lose weight or you know they start knocking each other down or like themselves down and it's for me like being able to sit on the outside and say like I don't want to participate in that anymore because of all of these other tangential things that go along with not just alcohol, but the negativity and the, the mental toll it takes on people. For sure. And also physical. I mean, your sleep, your digestive system, your, your body as a whole is so, so affected. And, you know, at past 30, you cannot hide it. Oh, my God. I know. Trust me. And then I, for the other thing that was really funny, I was tired all the time. Mm. I I would sleep a lot. I would have horrible sleep. I wasn't sleeping well because you go to bed, you know, either drunk or or just full of beer seven days a week, six, seven days a week. It's like, how does that not rock you, you know? You know, funny because people say, oh, it relaxes me. And yes, it's true. Alcohol makes you fall asleep easier, but you wake up and this is not good quality sleep. No, not at all. And like, it's funny because Taylor and I were just saying this the other day, literally yesterday. Um, we, we, we map out our week like, you know, hey, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? All right, I'm going to get this many walks in this, whatever. And I was like, you know, I love doing the Saturday lives. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, she had her daughter's um, dance class at that time. And I said, if you had told me five months ago that I would be waking up at nine o'clock in the morning or not waking up at six to do a workout because I wasn't hung over and sleeping in feeling like absolute garbage, I would have told you you're full of shit. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you take control back. You take control over your body, your time, your health, your finances. And it, <clears throat> it's extremely empowering on so many different levels. Yeah, you get addicted to the progress. I mean, yes. that's for me, like, I am a, I am like, I need instant gratification. And like, since I stopped drinking, I've dropped probably, I think I'm at nine and a half pounds. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're a tiny person. You could be a tiny person and still 
not be healthy. And, and he's I, swollen that, from all this, yes, from all the junk, you know? Like, it's, yeah, not, and I, it's not that you're I, big, but, like, you're still, at, for yourself, not judging by society, but for yourself, right? You're not healthy. Right. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what it is. And and people, I think, look at it and they go, oh, well, you're a size, whatever. You're, it's, it doesn't matter. You can be the exact same size and be incredibly unhealthy or incredibly healthy. You know, it's it's not a number on the scale. It's not a size of your pants. It's it's the internal stuff going on, the, the mental, the emotional, and like that, that physical aspect inside as well. Yeah. I'm so glad you're sharing about you participating in all these activities and doing all the things, just not drinking. Because I think it's very confronting to people. See, I back home we even though polish people te technically or stereotypically drink a lot my parents didn't so i didn't grow up seeing them drink so that was never a thing for me um and then in my 20s when i trained and competed first i was too poor for it and then i competed so like it was strict dieting and there was no drinking and i remember dating and being like no we can go on a walk we can have a coffee we can have dinner but i'm not drinking um and so i never never ever used alcohol and for me alcohol is like you know, it's like having coffee. Well, coffee I have every day. Alcohol I have like once a month. But it's just for taste. You know, I'll have like a mojito. Or sometimes I'll go right. to, um, you know, a sushi restaurant. And I'll get a glass of plum wine. It's like so sweet and so thick. Um, yeah. But it's never really like, it's never beer because I don't like beer. It's never anything else. And I never understood this, even though I, you know, super type A, super driven, super addictive personality. But that's thing was never my thing and so oftentimes I couldn't relate to clients concerns of like but how do I go on a date and I don't drink or how do I socialize and I don't drink for me it's just like you just don't drink what do I tell them when they push me just tell them no and but but what if they ask three times well maybe you train them that they need to ask you three times and by the third time you say yes <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know. I um I, I think that this also comes into play with what Taylor and I were talking about and we, we have this conversation I think once a week. Mm -hmm. You start to get and again, this is my personal experience. When when you when people ask me, Oh, so are you not are you sober or are you not drinking right now? And and my answer is always I'm not drinking for the foreseeable future. Because I don't want to lock myself into right. something that if, God forbid, I have a glass of champagne at a, at a wedding, that it's the end of the world. And right. I beat myself because I'll beat myself up over it. I'm too yes. competitive. So I say, you know, for the foreseeable future. And what makes me really sad for other people is that, again, the immediate response is, wow, that's amazing. That must be so hard. That's such an achievement. And I'm like, wow, thank you so much. And then the next response, 90% of the time is, I could never do that. Yes, yeah, I knew what you were going to say. I, I could never do that. Yep. You know, it's funny. I literally posted a reel yesterday, and that was a legitimate conversation I had with a client a long time ago, and she was getting ready for a wedding, and she was like, you know, I'm so desperate to lose weight. I don't know what to do. And I mean, we're all on social media. Well, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I got <laughs> rid of that in January. Um, we are on social media, and a lot of people, I see what they do on the weekends. You see, like, what they're doing. They're posting new drinks. They're mimosas. They're brunches. They're margaritas. They're beers. And their skinny drinks that Taylor talked about, how she only drank skinny drinks, except somehow they were not making her skinny. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and I remember saying to her, well, what about not drinking? And she looked me dead in the eye and she was, she was of weight and she had health issues and her mom had like serious health issues to the point that it wasn't so much about to me, in my mind, it wasn't so much about looks for her, but it was about the future that she was creating because, you know, it's like you're going into the same, you're repeating the same things as your, 
your parents, right? When you're looking right. at them and you're um, joining them in the same health issues. And I was like, well, what about drinking? And she looked me dead in the eye, dead in the eye and she said, I cannot do that. What do you mean? Like, so I'm supposed to go to a party? And like, to her, it seemed like, I don't know, I'm asking her to cut her arm off. Like, it was just so, like, there's not a chance. Not a chance. But it's like, but why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it just, like I said, like, it just kind of makes me sad because I have a, a very, very awesome core group of, of women that I hang out with. Um, there's like four of us, five of us, whatever, four of us. And it's, it's very hard because since getting back in the program, since not drinking and going through a, a personally really, really hard time and, and looking the best and feeling the best despite that, um, I get a lot of comments from them. And, and the sad thing to me is it's not, that's so amazing. Good for you. Keep it up. What are you doing? It's I'll never be as skinny as you, or I'll never look like that. Or, Oh God, I'm so fat. I need to lose weight. And again, it's like, you don't need to knock yourself down, Yeah, you know, to feel better. You just rise up to it and ask like, Hey, dude, that's awesome. Like, what, what are you doing? I want to do it. I exactly. want to, I want what can I change? You know? lean on that person because that's what your friends are there for is, is lean on them instead of trying to say, I'll never be able to do that. Or I can't, yeah, maybe you'll never be able to squat that amount. Maybe you'll never be able to, to run as fast, whatever, but you can do it in a way that is still beneficial to yourself. For sure. And I mean, you know, I have it that comparison could be good because you can compare yourself to your best times back in the day. You can yep. compare yourself to Taylor when you guys are competing on how many steps you're doing. If this is empowering to you, if this yep. is something that's going to motivate you, but if this is putting you down, in this moment and maybe you know one day comparing yourself to taylor is a great idea but maybe a year later you're in a different circumstance different situation and it's not empowering anymore and being able to recognize like okay this is beneficial to me right now and or this is not let's not do it but you know it's hard because look when you are trying to create your best self in whatever aspect of your life it's difficult when you have people around you who not only are not aligned but they kind of have this like low vibe around them of like i cannot ever do this oh you're so lucky blah 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 because it almost takes your focus off the work and the things that you need to do to be your best self to like either you know pitting them or trying to help them and it's difficult because it's like you're taking focus off yourself and the work that you want to put in yourself to either deal with the disempowering context around you or helping people who like don't really want to help themselves let's face it yeah i think the saddest thing and this is something well i keep saying the saddest i shouldn't use such negative terms but the thing that i'm i'm personally working on at this point in time is um i, I hate dealing with the comments uh, around the success. And so I found myself like dressing differently. Like I'd wear baggier clothes or I'd hide it because I just didn't want to deal with the You're so skinny. You're so, you look so fit. That's as if it was like, a, 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 a how dare I yeah. want the work. And, and, you know, people are like, Oh God, can you believe they're posting gym selfies? Girl, I just worked my ass off. I'm posting yes. a gym selfie. I don't care. You know, and I, when I see my other friends on Snapchat, that's the only social media I have right now posting that I hit him up. I'm like, damn, you look good. Like, keep it going. What's your routine? How many, you know, I was Taylor and I say, how many hashtags are you listening? What are you squatting, <laughs> you know? And, and it's like, it, it, it makes me sad that I am still altering what I'm doing to make other people feel more comfortable. And I personally, like, that's a goal that I'm working on is right. if you feel uncomfortable around me, 
because I'm doing the things that I need to do to be successful for myself, reevaluate your definition for yourself of what success looks like. Absolutely. And you know, if anything, if I can leave you with anything on that is like, you cannot, because even if someone is your best friend right now and you want to go somewhere and you stop yourself from going, you will be resentful later on. Yep. You will be. I'm 40 years old and I see right now that like, yes, there are people who are here for a season. There are people who are here for 10 years. There are people who are here for 20, but you have to always, I mean, we live like we die alone. At the end of the day, you go to yeah. bed by yourself with your head, with your mind. You think of like, am I fulfilled or am I satisfied with my life? You know, you, you like the other people don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. All the people, you know, it's you, your values, what's important to you. And like, I find that anytime, and I've done it a lot in relationships with men where I would like shrink myself to fit their ideal of relationship or what I should be for them. And right. later on, I was so pissed at myself, like how, why, you know, and I, I don't do that anymore. It was, it was something that I had to do a few times to realize like, holy crap, like what am I doing this for? For whom? For the person? Then later on, I don't talk to at all, ever. And I right. didn't do things that I wanted to do because of the person. It's like, you know, you have to recognize, I mean, being the driven high achiever that you are, and I am as well, it's like you have to recognize that, like, it's like driving on a highway. If you want to speed, you got to speed. That's it. <laughs> yep. you, you're not going to go slow because someone else in the car next to you is going slow. Like, sorry. Yep. No. <laughs> you yep. know? And, and that, and I feel like there's a thin line, you know, because it's like, it's not because you're making them wrong that they don't want to go. Or it's not because you think you're better than them. It's just like, this is their definition of life and success. And, and this is their threshold of how hard they're willing to push or how far they're willing to go. And this is yours. And you want to go 100 and they want to go 70. And that's fine. That's fine. But you don't need to slow yourself down to like fit somebody else's timeline or their goals or their idea of success. Um, and it's brilliant that you have Taylor because you can, you know, together go and push each other. Yeah, um, my favorite thing to torment Taylor, and I highly recommend this if you ever want to toy with any of your workout buddies, um, we share Apple Watch information. So anytime that she does a walk, I make sure to go 0 0.01 further than her. <laughs> you know, it's funny because she told me she, we should join each other on this. And, and I cannot because I am so competitive that I will like spend the whole day walking to beat everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so she'll do she'll do like three point. 3.5 and I'll, I'll make sure I do 3.51 just to piss her off. Yeah, I she does the that. same to me. She I, does the same to me. So I cannot. I'll be walking great. the treadmill all day long and waking up earlier to just beat everyone. No, and yeah. this is why. This is why I always did sports that were not team sports. You know, like bodybuilding, where you work with it's yourself, yourself yeah. your best self, because otherwise you don't even know against whom you're going to be competing because you don't know who's showing up at the competition. So, oh yeah, I love that. That's yeah. that's that's like karate is is the same thing, which I do on uh, two days a week. So, I got into that, and that's a great community based thing where there is like you're all on your own timeline it makes no difference and it's you're the only one that's competing when you go for belt testing and stuff like that so it's amazing because i get the social aspect but i also get the like personal self comparison and that's it you know no that's brilliant so you do soccer you do karate and you do bbm yep yep and uh i think competing against taylor is also a full-time job so <laughs> 
Well, this has been brilliant. I wanted to ask, is there anything else that we didn't mention that you thought in your mind that we should talk about? Because we talked about the friendship and the motivation and folks putting you down, but having the people around you who will motivate you and uplift you when you need it and kick your butt when you need it. Sobriety, that was huge. Kind of coming back to fitness and, and finding your patterns. Is there anything else that would be worth for us to mention before we go? Yeah. Um, so I, my, I have an MBA and my MBA specifically is in, um, what's called organizational transformation, um, plain, plain layman's terms, change management. Um, and I think that there are a lot of elements in a business capacity that can be applied to life. Um, there's, uh, an, actually a psych degree in the same thing. Mine's business called industrial organization. And it's this, the psychological aspects of change. And the one thing that I always tell every single person is human beings are not wired to be good at change. Um, it's a security thing from when we were cavemen. If we know what's coming, if we know the predictable, we feel safe. So I think anybody that's thinking about being sober thinking about moving, thinking about picking up weights, it's scary as hell at first. Just keep going and find what we call like a foundation or a baseline mm. uh, of a routine. And, and people think like, oh, if I have to work out, you know, I have to do this. Pick a day and a time, make it easy. I'm going to take a one mile walk every Wednesday. Your brain will start to accept that change as a safety point, which makes all of the other changes in your life like a catalyst. So change is scary. We're not good at it. It's okay if you fail at it. Keep trying. Find that baseline routine make it simple and train your brain to say change is good. And then you'll just start having a lot more success as you go. Oh, I love this. You know, it made, it made me think of the fact that a lot of times for people to exercise and to go to the gym specifically, it occurs to them as very intimidating. Why? Because they've never been to the gym. Just like you're saying, it's something new. It's something unknown. Um, they don't have a plan, so they don't know what to do there. And just the simple fact that they have a plan, like when you give them a plan, it occurs to them in a different way because now they're going there to just check it off, right? Like check, 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 did my squats, did my lunges, did my hip thrust, okay, done. And it wasn't like this unknown. So just, you know, making that, like you're saying, making the change a little easier. Is there anything about um, fitness and movement and like actual change that this cause, this is easier than other things, Bo? Or is it just my experience from the past of working with people that the catalyst to other changes in other areas of someone's life oftentimes happen through fitness, through movement. Oh yeah. I mean, it makes, there's a couple of things. One, just the sheer fact that you have the endorphins and the serotonin coming out of working out. Yeah. That alone gives you motivation. But I think for me, um, speaking on behalf of myself here, when you start to see results, you say, if I'm getting results doing this, I'm going to get results doing something else. So mm. I started working out started seeing some of the change and said literally 10 days later, okay, I can't keep being successful with this with alcohol. So it was like one thing leads to the next. And now with alcohol, it's, I want to drink more water. And with, I want to drink more water. I want to learn to eat better with wanting to eat better. I'm learning how to cook. Like it's just this, this tumble salt of seeing the results, yeah. whether it's incremental or, or large, that's where starting with fitness is that snowball effect into money, many other things. And like I said, you know, exactly with what you were saying with the plan and going to the gym, people think I have to go in and do a full workout. If you're afraid of the gym, walk in, leave. 
Second time, walk in and start a treadmill. Third time, walk in, do a treadmill, do it longer. Build yourself up so that your brain has that familiarity and you're closing this gap in information where you start to build that fear. So close the gap in information, do it incremental, and then you'll start seeing that success as opposed to going in and trying to walk six miles, trying to do a full five days of workouts. You know, you got to build it up as you go and train your brain for that success. Or don't go to the gym and meet us on Zoom at nine in the morning tomorrow. Exactly. Or, <laughs> or join or join the squad that keeps uh, sucking at curtsy lunges. I'm still working on it. Oh my God, Bo, thank you so much. I really yeah, appreciate your time today. That was so awesome. We're going to definitely link up Taylor's podcast too so we can check the identical twins over here. Yeah, you could. You should put us both on on this on a same podcast with a topic, and I'm sure you'll get a ride out of that. Girl, all right, you just gave me an idea. We're doing this. Just <laughs> when and how, but we are going to definitely do this. This is awesome. Thank you so much, Bo. I really appreciate Thank you. Thank so you so much for having me. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. And if you found value in what we shared, please leave us a review. And a five-star rating. It helps me reach more people. And when I reach more people, more people can shift their perspectives and live better lives. That's what we want. And number two, if you haven't yet, grab the Trader Joe's grocery shopping list. I know it's basic, but basic things work. Grab it, print it, screenshot it, and take it with you when you go shopping to any store really, but Trader Joe's for sure, it's a must. It will also help you when you're ordering your groceries online so you see everything at a glance and can just check things off. I appreciate you being here.